After the death of a close friend in 2003, a group of Tauranga mothers decided to stage an extravaganza to offer women over 40 the chance to express themselves however they damn well please. The inaugural Tarnished Frocks and Divas in 2005 was a relatively modest affair for one night only, performed to an audience of about 180. Then audiences started flocking to the venue in their thousands, making it a highlight of Tauranga's entertainment calendar. A new documentary follows a production of the 2019 Tarnished Frocks and Divas show from auditions through to the big event. I had fully intended on auditioning in 2017, but unfortunately I was driving into town and someone had hit me head on. As part of my rehab, I would bring heels with me and just start celebrating. You know why I'm wearing these heels? Because I'm getting ready for Tarnished Frocks. And isn't it interesting that I have this beautiful safe place to Most nervous probably about walking down that runway and hoping that it looks normal and then I don't slip over. <laughs> when you get to be on a stage for that little moment, I like to be a character and not have to be myself. It's reclaiming what I have and what I can give to other people. It's a very cool thing and I don't know where else that could happen. celebrating a group of women who got together in the late 80s and it developed a bond that's been so strong it's gone through good times and some pretty sad times this is it and this is showtime it never gets tired seeing the journey of those women yeah how they understand who they can be on stage when women who've never done it before, take that step. It's just the most amazing feeling. Paul and Sass Innes, the directors of the documentary, Frocks and Divas, Sass explains they have a long association with this stage spectacular. Well, so we first connected with Tarnished Frocks and Divas through um, Creative Tauranga and, and Pankhurst and Denny Spey when we just moved to the area and we helped them on their 2013 show putting together the visuals last minute um, they had their creative team kind of drop out and we just the stars aligned and we connected and we we kind of cobbled together their, the visuals for their show that year and that's how we met them that was kind of an intense way to get really close really fast and we've been collaborating with them ever since there's a lot of energy and and it's a really unique event and they just go so large and I just love how they're very brave with how they commit to such a big idea because there's a lot of moving parts to putting together a, an amateur arena event, which it effectively is, and they get the pros to come in and, and, and help them out. But that's what I was impressed by because I, I like the size of it. It's, it's, it's huge. I think, too, we'd just come back from Melbourne, and even from that sort of creative mecca in terms of shows and things, we'd never seen anything like it. It's just so unique and off the wall. It's so, you know, you've got your fashion, you've got, some sort of variety show stuff happening on stage and and the lighting and everything it's just it's a bit of a unicorn really totally i think that the fabulousness of the event will come to but of course at the heart of this are the stories so you're talking to the women who were there at its genesis that very sadly followed the death of a close friend we get to to know her through the through their stories and through the pictures that you share so i mean they've got a very strong ethos haven't they what what they want this to do and who they want this to celebrate totally I think that the basis of the whole platform is that heart those connections those relationships um, and sort of leaning into life 
and the blessing that that is, you know, and being being large about it, that's where it stems from. And now it's grown so, so massive and, as you say, so fabulous. Uh, that that kind of came second for us. Like when we when we st- when we got into it, it was just so overwhelming because we you know had s- so little time to put together you know three screens of two hours of of content, and we were really focused on that. And then when we actually saw the show come together and saw what was happening backstage, um, it took a couple of goes to to really understand it. And then in twenty seventeen, we did the the visuals again, and at that point, we were like. Uh, the, the story is actually what's happening behind the scenes because that's where all the heart of it is and that's kind of where the inception of the the doco um, idea came up. Yeah, that's right. It's that what happens backstage um, is just incredible. The relationships that all the women form during, you know, the production time from auditions to show week and what they go through to be able to step out on stage during show week, that's really magic. And we saw such a massive opportunity to tell that story because the audience gets this incredible show that they see, but they've never been privy to what happens backstage before. So it's kind of cool to share that with them. There's a lot of trust too, which of course is what documentary filmmakers have to be able to generate with the people that they're filming, um, because there, there are some of the those who are involved, you know, who want to be on stage. They're, they're sharing a lot of information about injuries that they've sustained, the trauma, not just the physical, but the emotional trauma that they had to push through, and how taking part in tarnished frocks and divas gives them that strength back. You know, gives them that confidence. And I thought those stories were particularly powerful, what it means for the women to be up there. Totally. We were really lucky in that we already had a strong level of trust with the Tarnished Frocks and Divas Trust and the, and the ladies that run it. We've got that existing relationship. And then we were just truly blessed by the women who came forward and were willing to be just so open with their stories and to share that all with us so that we can share it with New Zealand because those stories are so affecting and it's kind of a representation of every woman who participates right like some of them may not have gone through such an extreme experience although many do have really extraordinary stories but every one of them has to step into their bravery it's very cool Paul I've I've seen a picture of you there and the craziness behind stage backstage with your camera filming Uh, and you get some lovely reactions don't you from some of the women going they'll play up to the camera or they'll pretend to want to move away from it but did you did you you can't really be a fly in the wall can you when there's so much happening in an event like this such a big event yeah fly in the wall is the is the term that we use but you know it is pretty pretty intrusive when you've got the big camera there and and during the event we're running what five cameras at um at some point but the the fact is that all there to really um I guess explore themselves and and to and to show what they can do so having a camera there was I think a lot of them really really enjoyed that part of it and it made a slightly different experience as well and and everybody was just so so forthcoming with wanting to be you know part of it and interested in the documentary because Hopefully, the rest of the country and and maybe maybe more is is going to see what what really the show is about. You know, there's so much goodwill that's generated from the the audience. Like when you go and see it, it's got a different kind of energy um, in the room because everybody um, just really wants the people on stage to succeed, which is quite different to other shows where it's just like people turn up and it's like impress me. Um, which this show definitely does, but there's so much goodwill in the community. And that's, you know, again, when we saw that in the, in the years leading up to deciding to make the documentary, that was really apparent 
and, and it translated into the backstage with the documentary as well. I think too, we were, we were lucky that the whole cast and crew were just so open with us. And so we got some really awesome, you know, real insights into the experience that they had. And by the time it was show week, they were used to seeing us hanging around with a camera and a microphone and they'd, they'd relaxed into that very much. So there's a big sense of, a very real sense of whānau here, isn't there? The cast and those those on stage, those who've made it happen. I mean, I thought the time spent with one of the costume designers who completely changes one outfit because she's aware that the woman wearing it had had an accident, that she was conscious perhaps that one, the shape of one leg was not the same as the other. You know, so completely creating these beautiful gowns for the women and really being thoughtful how they can, you know, how they can best move, how they can best feel about themselves on stage. I love that. Yeah, we love that too. And another reason why we really wanted to tell this story, you know, once we got to know what Tarnished Frocks and Divas was all about, definitely that Fano vibe. You know, there's women who've done it year after year because they just love it so much. And then there's the women coming in who are, you know, they've reached 40 or older and they're finally allowed to audition and, and they really get cared for through that process. And everyone just sort of mucks in and has that really caring approach to... It's just really thoughtful, I guess. And there's that whole sisterhood thing happening with the Tarnish Frocks and Divas platform that I think is just really special, especially when you see in general media that whole, you know, woman against woman thing that doesn't exist with Tarnish Frocks and Divas. It's just a total sisterhood, total whānau vibe, and it's really cool. And and that's a lot to do with the way that um, the trustees have kind of curated this event because that's what it's for. It's big shows, big lights, big stage, big audience. but at the end of the day, they're putting it together so that these women over 40 can go and really have their moment or relive relive a moment, whatever it means to them. They, they have this opportunity, and that's that's the really unique part about it and what, what makes such interesting viewing from our point of view anyway. I get a sense for some of them it's just like it's like being visible. You know, some of the women talk about, you know, they're very busy mothers. I think one, one refers to herself as a taxi driver for the kids, not with any resentment, but just needing this to be able to do something for herself and to express herself. And I have to say that the costumes are just stunning. If you didn't have context, you would think it was from World Wearable Arts, and I've been to a lot of those over the years. I mean, really, so many of these garments, and my God, the headwear, goodness me, are just stunning, and that's important too. I know it's called Tarnished Frocks and Divas, but these outfits are beautiful. Yeah, it's a really um, awesome aspect of the show. All of the garments uh, have some some amount of recycled fashion so they've got an incredible wardrobe and archive that they dive into every show and things get recreated revamped and then you wind up with this just outstanding garment and like you say for these women to step out and be visible and you know to have a moment to just dress in something outrageous and be seen on stage outside of their normal everyday life it's cool. Like what goes into it creatively, not just the women stepping on stage, but the fashion designers and like you say, the headwear. There's amazing talent. Yeah. And, and also there's there's an amazing sort of lineage that's because this show's been going for what, 15 years. 2005. 2005. Yeah. And so so going through the archive, you can kind of see how one show's led to another and the state the whole sort of community keeps upskilling and that's really really cool and and you've got to keep in mind that this is for most of the people they're doing it in behind 
their day jobs and and their family life and and then they pile this on top and they just work so hard for that that amount of time and it's a real pressure cooker and and um and I think that's where the support that they get from each other um and from the producers and the creators of the show uh, that's that's really cool because it's on such a huge scale there's like two 200 cast and crew for the show that we filmed it's, then, it's a big show and the audience is I think about 8,000 over the week over the four to five nights depending on how many shows they they throw together but on that note about that pressure cooker thing I think that's where the really amazing stuff comes out too because they just have to create under those circumstances and support each other through that and then you get these incredible incredible creations on stage like Paul said it started out so long ago and it really was just you know revamped vintage fashion and now it's morphed into these you know incredible, incredible like the white, the white walk hey that was just amazing that's worth going to it, the movie it, for it, it's for that alone it hey? elevates show to show every time they just you know go better and better and, and it's amazing and says i mean i think one of the things that maybe surprised me as i was watching it some of the moments that moved me most was actually when they came off the instant they came off stage and maybe they removed you know one of the big hats and you just that's when i thought you saw what this means to them they did it they did it and they did it well and there's this triumph you know, individually and collectively. I thought they were beautiful moments. Yeah, absolutely. That elation that you see on their faces and in their body language as they step off stage is just, it's magic. And like you say, in that moment, you see what it has meant to them to be part of part of the show. And that's what we're showing in our documentary. This is an insight that the audience doesn't get. They get wowed by the performance on stage. Now they can see how much it means to those ladies who are on stage being brave, doing it, and then stepping off and thinking, man, I could climb a mountain now. Like, I could do anything after doing that. It's it's awesome. Yeah, for, from a filmmaker's point of view, seeing that payoff and, and capturing that um, sort of huge release of, of tension but elation as well, and they get to share it collectively between each other, it, yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty special. It's nice talking about it again, actually. It is very cool. Like, you'll see them lined up backstage and they'll hear the music come on and they all start dancing, you know, and, and yeah, the camaraderie is pretty amazing. They're all just lifting each other up and egging each other on. It's very, it's a very cool culture that the Trust has fostered for everyone who takes part in it. On the other side of it, in a way, it, it's, it's a little sad because, and you say this in the documentary, because of the events of the last few years, you wouldn't have known in 2019 that you were filming the last event for some time because of the damn pandemic coming through. So it's been in hiatus. Is there any good news of it coming back yet? That's in the hands of the trust. We we hope, we really hope because it means so much to the members of the community, not just the women who are involved, but their families will benefit. And, you know, just it has a ripple effect through our community. So it's it's just such an awesome platform and we're crossing our fingers that, that there'll be something in the future. Frocks and Divas opens at cinemas on the 7th of July. I was talking to the directors, Sass and Paul Innes. 